Thank you for joining Bevel Talk, Season 5, Episode 1. Today we're talking about struggles in welding stainless steel in the field. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Bevel Talk. Today we've got Jim Byrne with Miller Electric. Today we're going to talk about stainless steel welding. Jim, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your history and your background, and then we'll really dive into the tricks of welding stainless steel. Yeah, I've been with Miller for about 34 years now um, in several different capacities. Uh, The last 15 to 20 years, I've been working in the pipe welding group from Miller, and we deal a lot with some of the major accounts in the conversion from some of the traditional processes like stick and TIG, and we're converting them over to using more MIG processes, uh, especially the advanced waveform-controlled MIG processes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about some of the nuances or some of the traditional struggles of welding stainless steel, especially in the field. Well, I think for some of the novice welders coming into it, um, especially using TIG, they uh, can struggle with TIG. Um, Just with the techniques, it takes a lot of eye-hand coordination to weld TIG, Uh, a lot of manipulation of the puddle because it is a very sluggish material when you're welding it, has a lot of heat to it. and I think just the time involved is, well, it's a slow process, and um, the setup sometimes can be quite lengthy, especially with the uh, stainlesses because you have to set up purge dams and things like that so that you can back purge that process so you don't get that what they call a sugaring effect. It's really a breakdown in the material from oxidation. Okay. What are they typically using for their back purge gas in the field? It's generally 100% nit- or argon, sorry, 100% argon that'll go on the backside of them. I'm thinking plasma cutting. Yeah, I was going to say, wow, okay. Um, so as you're welding stainless steel, I know one critical aspect is your gas combination, but also your filler metal selected for the stainless steel that you're welding. Um, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, matching the material to your filler metals can sometimes be um, – an interesting challenge. There's a lot of different types of materials out there with your stainlesses because you have your standard carbon uh, stainlesses, or I should say low carbon stainlesses, your 300 grades. Then you can get into some duplex stainless steels, and then there's also some super duplex stainless steels. Um, And it's really uh, about the strength and corrosion resistance that you want to have for that stainless, depending on what type of materials that you're going to be running through that stainless piping. Right. It's not as easy as just going to the rod room and pulling anything out and using it to weld. No, you got you got to get out your AWS manuals and take a look in there and try to, again, match. And there's always a lot of experts in the field that are very helpful in helping you select that, uh, along with a lot of the manufacturers can help you make those selections on your filler metals versus your base materials. So for our listeners that aren't as familiar with stainless steel, can you explain the difference between a duplex and a super duplex? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's it's really about again about the corrosion resistance on that duplex versus super duplexes. When you get into the super duplexes, typically those are offshore applications where that stainless is going to be uh in a very 
um, corrosive environment when you start to use that. And it'll increase the life expectancy of that stainless. But uh, as far as the chemistry of that, I'm not really certain. You'd have to talk to a metallurgist. Yeah, I think it's it's more for the corrosion resistance or the application of the of the stainless steel piping. Typically. Right. So now stainless steel is very heat sensitive when you're welding it, correct? It can be. Um, it It does swell up pretty rapidly when you're welding it. So a lot of times, uh, if, especially if you're going to be doing an open root type weld, you have to be careful and, and watch that root opening on that. Um, in TIG, they would have a little bit tighter gap than they would in MIG. In MIG, it's important on that open root to keep that gap at least an eighth inch or better. Um, and, and, and when I say better, um, larger is better. It's not tighter is better. So you have to be cautious of that. And a lot of times it's just to get your gas in behind the arc, especially if you're not going to use a back purge, which some of these advanced MIG processes allow you to do. Right. And one thing that, that's important with that is if you're doing multiple passes, controlling your interpass temperature. Um, so yeah. You, yeah. You, you want to keep the carbon out of that. And uh, that higher heat can really affect that. Right, and and if you if you're using improper filler metal, you um, if you exceed heat interpass temperatures, you you cause the stainless steel to lose its corrosion resistance. Um, basically, you lose it loses its chemistry that it was designed for, and you have a weak spot or potential weak spot or a potential failure in your system there. Right. So, talk to me more about these advanced processes a little bit. Well, the advanced processes derive from these inverter power supplies that we're capable of building now. And with the ability to build those using less hardware and more software to create these arcs, it really allows us to almost make a synthetic arc to run TIG or stick or MIG. In the past, we were depending on, we were very dependent on the hardware that was in the machine to create that arc. Nowadays, with software, we can duplicate an arc very easily. Um, it takes a lot of programming, and when I say very easily, I, it, it's still difficult. There's a lot of programming behind it, but it's very controllable now, and we're not dependent on hardware. So a machine can be a true multi-process machine nowadays because we can tailor those arcs um, in a machine for your TIG or your stick or your MIG, where we couldn't do that before. We could have a very good MIG process, but the TIG and stick may suffer because of the inductance required to have the MIG. So again, going back to the fact that we're using these waveforms now, or software to create the waveforms to control that arc, it's much easier to make a true multi-process arc. I mean, it really gives you control of every facet of the waveform. You, you have complete control of the arc. Right, and removing the heat after you transfer the material to the workpiece is very important because more the more of that heat we can pull out, the cooler we can make that transfer in the process and less heat input in smaller heat-affected zones. Smaller heat-affected zones, your mechanicals improve. Uh, again, your corrosion resistance improves tremendously with these low heat input processes like RMD or, you know, there's there's other ones out there as well. Right. Now, 
for advanced process, especially for root pass welding, like RMD and others, um, what are the benefits versus traditional MIG or stick or TIG welding? Well, with traditional MIG, you get into hard shorts uh, in that transfer type process. With these waveform control transfers, it's not that severe hard short where your current varies uh, each time that you create a short circuit. We have a very consistent current control on that transfer, and keeping that current consistent takes the volatility out of that arc. So you don't get a lot of spatter. Uh, the puddle's much easier to read for a novice welder. Um, and again, with these lower heat inputs, the ability to control that material is much greater. Okay. So also, it gives you ability to move much faster to actually finish a joint faster than stick or TIG in most applications. Well, MIG is a faster process, obviously, than TIG. Uh, in some cases, it can be three times faster. So if you're welding a lot of large bore or heavy wall, or, you know, obviously more large bore material, your ability to finish that root pass is much faster. Don't walk. Weld. The more your welders walk, the more it costs. Get more welds done and stop wasting money when you use Miller products with ArcReach technology. See ArcReach in action at MillerWelds.com slash ArcReach. Okay, so basically we've come from inverter control, gives us waveform control, gives us ability to actually tailor every facet of the arc to fit the needs of welding the stainless steel, whether it be stick, TIG, or MIG, or um, advanced processes. Um, advanced process gives us a faster speed, better better penetration profiles, right? Correct. Now let's talk about the advantages of advanced processes in when it comes to fit-up or, or reinforcement and actually completing a joint. Well, your fit-up is going to be similar. Um, you'll have a little wider gap there than you would with TIG, and again, you want an eighth inch or more. The real time savings in some of this is not just the speed of the weld, but the fact that in, on a lot of the 304L type materials, you can run without having to back purge. Not having to back purge saves a tremendous amount of time in your setup because you don't have to put in your bridge dams, get your argon back purge in there. Um, and that's if you're doing a new weld. Once you get into repair welding, and now you have to cut a section out and re-weld re that, now you may have to back purge an entire spool of pipe or maybe a, a large area of pipe, which makes, makes a tremendous amount of uh, gas or requires that. And the time to do that is tremendous as well. On some of the smaller bore, say six inches up to 10 inch, on those, you can almost square cut those gap at an eighth inch and weld it out with one pass bar MD if it's Schedule 10. You can do this quickly, um, no back purge. I mean, there's just an enormous amount of time savings using these types of materials. And if you get into high-low on these, what they call high-low or a mismatch in your pipe fit up, which is pretty common, it's very forgiving, this process. Uh, we found up to five millimeters 
that it'll it'll handle that on mismatch and it'll pass an x-ray very easily it it doesn't care if it has mismatch and you don't have to vary your technique at all either if you do have high low in that pipe you run it the same way you would if the fit up was perfect that's amazing that it's it's capable of doing that the the advances in technology with advanced processes um so Let's talk a little bit more. I know with advanced processes, you tend to get more root reinforcement, in some cases allowing you to eliminate a hot pass before you go to a fill and a cap pass. Right. You can get a higher root reinforcement, um, and a lot of it is due to the ease of the transfer of the pipe. When the wellers get comfortable with this process, you can tell because they reach up and start turning up their wire feed speed. Um, The... Lack of volatility in the weld puddle makes that weld puddle so much easier to look at. And with low heat inputs, the uh, operators can carry a lot more material because it freezes quicker. It doesn't move around as much. And most of the time, operators don't even recognize that they're carrying more metal until they get used to it. Right. They just they dial it up until they're comfortable, and, and they see what that puddle would look like with traditional MIG. Well, that's a lot more wire coming in there because, again, that they don't have that volatility in that weld puddle. So some of the beauty, again, as we're talking about, is it handles mismatch fit up a lot better, um, gives you re- reinforcement of the root or root reinforcement that's thicker than a typical stick, MIG, or TIG bead. Um, and you don't have to use back purge gas in many applications and less yeah. oxidation inside the pipe. Right, Yeah. The oxidation inside the pipe is handled because, again, we've we've got a very low volatile puddle. And along with that, the low heat input allows that weld puddle to freeze up quicker. We use a special gun, um, and when I say special gun, it's really a, it's a, what they, um, it's a Bernard Centerfire gun that we're using. And on that Bernard Centerfire gun, it has a tapered nozzle and a tapered tip. Inside that nozzle is a series of holes in there, almost like a TIG lens is what it looks like. But it gives you a very nice laminar flow on that gas. So when you're down inside that root and you're welding up that root bead, that gas flows through that opening in that root. And because the gas is lighter than air, it it's rising up underneath the backside of that puddle and covering it while it's cooling. The fact that it cools so quickly, you get very little oxidation on the backside of that puddle. So that's how we can get away without having to back purge on that. And you get a very good solid metal finish on the backside of that puddle. It'll be a little dark in there from some of the oxidation. Generally, you can wire brush and clean it right off. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Thanks for joining us today, Jim. We appreciate it. All right. Good to be here.